mama. Welcome to the New Mom Doc Podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today about the witching hour, which if you don't know is the time where your baby goes crazy and you just really want the day to be over. So I'm going to give you five tips in this episode of how to deal with the witching hour and specifically how I dealt with it during my son's postpartum days. Let me know if you have any questions and I can't wait to help you. Hey mama, are you in your third trimester and starting to freak out about the postpartum period? We'll take a deep breath and welcome to the New Mom Naturopath Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kaylin Galloway, a naturopathic physician and a fellow mom who's been in your shoes. From mindset techniques to holistic strategies for your health, we'll empower you to navigate motherhood with confidence and vitality. So grab a comforting cup of tea, or who are we kidding, coffee, and let's dive in to this incredible chapter of your life. My goal of this podcast is to embrace the naturopathic principle of docere, which means to teach. I really want you to learn practical advice on how to actually improve your postpartum experience, but this does not replace the use of your own personal physician. Any and all medical advice should be done and taken through the careful and personal decisions of your medical doctor. Can I let you in on a little secret? You're probably spending way too much time preparing for labor and not enough time preparing for postpartum. Postpartum is a zillion times longer, and I want to help you with it. So check out my free training at www.thenewmomnaturopath.com. That's thenewmomnaturopath.com. It's a 40-minute training that helps you prepare for postpartum with confidence. I feel like it's been one of those days where I am overwhelmed and it's not even nine o'clock. I am not usually someone that gets out my podcast the day of, but today is the day that I forgot to record last night. And so here we are. But today's podcast is called uh, is about the witching hour and what you can do, five tips for what you can do to help yourself through the witching hour. And I, this is like one of those times that people that you think is like, what do you think it is? You think it's something that everyone just kind of complains about until you're in it. <laughs> um, so what is the witching hour? The witching hour is actually a time frame of the day, usually around 4 to 7-ish o'clock at night or in the afternoon, um, where, and it could happen any day of the time, where there's just no rhyme or reason, but your baby is struggling, and so are you. And so a lot of times people will say that their child is fussy, won't, have, um, won't be able to be soothed, like crying constantly and um and or has to be like bounced actively taken care of without any uh breaks for mom or breaks for the caretaker and so it's really hard and so I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys some actionable tips for how to handle this time frame so that you can enjoy being a mom enjoy being a new parent and also so that you can survive the first 12 weeks of this lovely baby's life. So the first tip I will give you, and you probably are sick of hearing it if you've listened to this podcast before, is return to your breath. The number one thing that you need to remember is that if you are calm, your baby will be calm. If you decide to go back and and center yourself in that moment, you will be able to 
not only calm your child down because you will change physiologically, your pheromones will change based on what stress hormones were released prior to you taking a deep breath, but also you will think clear. So you'll be able to be like, oh, her stomach probably hurts. I should probably just get some, you know, gas X for the baby. Like this isn't, there isn't a one size fits all reason why a baby would be crying in this time frame. Sometimes it's colic. Sometimes it's gas pains. Sometimes it's really overstimulation. So turning off, um, we'll get to those, but there's a lot of reasons why your child is going to be overwhelmed. And in terms of, in terms of how you get yourself to those solutions is returning back to your breath. So what I did was take a moment and my son would be screaming, crying, and overwhelmed. I would hold him either in, as I was rocking in a rocking chair or on a couch or walking around bouncing him. Whatever I was doing, I'd take a moment, close my eyes, and take a deep breath in. Usually I'd do a box breath. So four counts in, hold for four, four counts out, hold for four. Um, that would be very beneficial to me and helpful because it would allow me to um, to not overcomplicate it. So a lot of times when we talk about mindfulness, you overcomplicate what it means. And the reality is, is just finding a way to get yourself back to center, back to, back to being you. So in this case, I made it very clear that I wanted to have a very simple technique that would send me back to my center and that was a box breath or some variation of it in these moments and it actually has a real change to your physiology so doing a box breath or some sort of mindfulness activity actually stimulates the vagus nerve which is a crazy amazing physiology lesson in and of itself the vagus nerve is incredible uh but its main purpose I don't want to say it like that. One of its purposes is to control your autonomic nervous system, specifically the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, uh, meaning this is where you um, calm down. There's a there's hundreds of physiological changes that happen as a result of the autonomic nervous system, but the number one thing it does here is stimulate the parasympathetic, which allows you to relax and helps reduce the amount of cortisol being spit out by your adrenals, which is good because then you're able to think rationally, reduce like fight or flight, like getting, trying to run from the bear or the crying baby in this scenario, <laughs> you're actually going to be present and be uncomfortable with it, which leads me to my tip number two. Part of being a new mother is being okay with being in ambiguity, meaning not knowing what to do, not knowing the right answer, not knowing how to switch from having the answer always for yourself um, or figuring things out on the fly in a state of ambiguity, in a state of things could be right or wrong. You could have some of the right answer and some of the wrong answer. You could be doing everything wrong but not know it. There's a, there's a through line in, there's a through line in, in postpartum is that you're going to sit there and go, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing. But it's the act of saying, I don't know what I'm doing. 
I'm very uncomfortable. I'm going to move through. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to be okay with the fact that I don't know. I am learning. Because the reality is that when you are a new mom and your baby is new to the world, you both are learning at the speed of light. Like it's crazy how quickly you're going to build a scenario of crazy learning skills that are so fun and so exciting but so hard and being okay with ambiguity being okay with not knowing the right answer is part of the process the third thing I will say about the witching hour is find some water go outside go for a walk change the scenery go for a car ride there's two reasons for this first of all water is very calming to the baby for some babies my child loved to scream in the water so it didn't work for me but (laughs) water is very calming The other part is that it will help you because you're going to have control over that situation. So a bath usually don't like you are more in control in that situation and or you're not the one that has to be holding the child and getting them to calm down. It gives you that physical, tangible space. So does a car ride. So does a walk. Um, The other thing with the walk is that and the car is that it's repetitive motion. So a car ride has vibration, it has turns and twists that will help to rock a baby to sleep and or soothe them in the moment. And then a a walk is also going to give you sunlight, them sunlight. They're going to know some cues about the sun going down, um, depending on what time it is. And so it's all, all these things are really good. So that's tip number three, change scenery. Tip number four, put the baby down. Put the baby down. Put them in a crib, put them in a swing, put them in another container for 10, 15 minutes. And yes, they're still going to cry. They're going to cry. It's, that's, that's what they do. Now, the point of this is not to abandon your child or have a negative impact on them or leave them without a parent. You're not going to be far away. But the physical space between you and the baby gives you that moment to be able to calm and collect yourself and to think rationally. Because if you're holding a child that's squirmy and, and cranky and wanting to keep, <laughs> wanting to keep, let you know what's wrong, then um, you, don't, <laughs> you don't have the mental capacity to take that breath. So physically get space in between you and your child. Whether that means you put them in the crib and you go in the other room for the whole box breath that I talked about in tip one, or you go take a shower while they're sitting in a pack and play near near the bathroom. Whatever it is, it is okay to give yourself space as a new mom. You don't have to always be right there. It doesn't always have to be um, you holding them. That doesn't make you a bad mom. It doesn't make you... Uh, it doesn't make you, like, a, uh, your child have abandonment issues. Like, it's literally you deciding that you need space. You need that tangible space in between you and your baby. And the fifth and final tip I will say is to have a routine with your partner whenever they're coming home. So, for me, my husband and I would very clearly set apart during the week what times he was going to be home during the day. And he had a very crazy schedule. A lot of times he was gone for most evenings. Um, And so I would just have a clear understanding of you're going to be home at 6 this time. You're going to be home at 10 p.m. now. You're going to be home at 10. So that I would know when to start getting into the, oh, he's almost home mode. Because you'll get this rhythm of like, eat, sleep, 
sleep, sleep, wake windows, eat, sleep, wake, sleep windows. And it'll, it'll drive you crazy. Like I, it will, it will drive you crazy because you'll want human contact. You'll want someone to talk to. You'll want someone to, um, just like hug you. That's not a baby. And so when you know that your brain's like, oh, he's almost home, it switches to a anxious, needy waiting. And that is also going to stimulate your baby non-verbally that something is happening, that there's a uh, an event happening. And so making sure that you're clear on when someone's coming home and then also be clear that it's probably going to be not as accurate as they said and knowing what exactly they need, that person needs when they walk in the door and what you need is very clearly communicated between the two of you. For instance, when my husband would come home, he was very good at just walking in, taking the baby, <laughs> like walking in, taking the baby, holding him, and also managing to do a whole bunch of other multitasks for me as I got home just so that I could have 15 minutes to shower. Like, he was very good at that. But there's some people that really need that five minutes of like, I've got to be by myself. I've got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I need me time. And nothing is wrong with either scenario if you're both communicating what your needs are and you're making sure that you're both getting your needs met in totality. Because I think it was Brene Brown that says, you know, marriage is not 50-50. It's 80-20, Like, you are constantly battling back and forth like a slinky to find balance between what is healthy and what is, or what you need versus what they need. And that's a healthy thing. So, a lot of times I would text, my husband would text me, I'm on my way home, and I'd be like, okay, what do you need right now? Or how can I support you as you're coming home? Because while I'm sick of holding a crying baby, I love my son, I want to snuggle him forever, but also I need like five minutes of just not people-y. <sighs> and so it, just as long as we were able to clearly communicate what we needed, it helped me get through that witching hour. So for you experienced moms out there, what exactly did you do to help yourself through the witching hour? And then the other thing is, new moms, what are you doing to help you prepare for the witching hour? What sort of systems and boundaries are you setting into place to help you get through a very emotional and exhausting part of being a new mom? And I promise you it gets better. You get better, baby gets older, things happen. It's all doable. You're going to do great. And I really hope you have a lovely day. Thank you for listening to the New Mom Naturopath Podcast. I really hope you learned something and grew during this episode. If you could leave me a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be so helpful for me. If you have any questions, email me at admin at thenewmomnaturopath.com. And as always, please join our Facebook group, The New Mom Naturopath on Facebook. Have a wonderful day.